Cock and Bull podcast where, uh, oof, I can no longer think of measurements of time to say anymore. Nope, I'm out. I'm fresh out. Welcome to the Cock and Bull podcast, Goo Goo Gaga, History Funnies. Time's a flat circle. You've already used that one before. We're only 12 in. You really got to get something better than Goo Goo Gaga. Uh, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. All right, you this is be. a... Um, you should be. This is a bonus episode that we're going to throw out because, because we missed an episode last week. So by bonus, we definitely, definitely mean a shorter than normal one to make up for the fact that you didn't get your full amount. It's not a bonus <laughs> by any stretch. It is a sad, sad attempt to make up to you what we, what we stole. We apologize. It's like when Congress passes a tax break for the rich and they give you a thousand dollars and they're like yay bonus for you also we bonus made millions of dollars off of this it's like that kind of bonus somewhere around 890 ad jesus christ <laughs> getting real loosey-goosey with it i was about to say fuck last one 200 years ago this one at the dawn of time around 890 ad princess olga of kiev was born in Pskov, a city still present in modern day russia we're back, folks. We're back at me yes. not being able to say shit. I missed that. The last the last couple, I've you know, we had the Beach Boys, and then we had our delightful emperor that we, that God rest his soul. Uh, they, they were very much in America, and you, you did not ruin their names, and I feel it is very good to be back. You know, back, I th- back in the USSR. I think is what's... Is that bad for Kiev? I, th- I think what sets us apart, you know, from the other comedy history podcasts is our willingness to go all over the globe with our history and all across time. You know, we're not limiting ourselves. Uh, but the fun thing about that is all of the non-American episodes, I will butcher words from other cultures. So, like... Yes! You know, you get your cookie, but I pissed in your pie. That kind of thing. <clears throat> and also, if you have a, a way to correct us on that, use the iTunes review system. You leave us the five-star review, and then you put in all the horrible comments about us that explain why we fucked up. We will fix it. I will give you a high five on the internet. Life will be good. One of the hosts offended me and my culture by butchering my my native tongue with total disregard. Five stars. No, 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 not total disregard. Do not get it wrong, listener on the other end of this from Kiev that is upset with Spencer butchering the name of your princess. I'm calling him on the bullshit. I acknowledge that he has not put in enough effort to fix this. But I am also not going to put in enough effort to help him fix this. So we're just kind of complicit in this nightmare. Oh, in 903, give or take a couple of years, uh, she married Igor of Kiev. Now, Princess... Well, the, the, the names keep coming. Now, Princess Olga's husband, Igor, uh, was murdered by an Eastern Slavic tribe in uh, 19, excuse me, 945 AD. He did not live another thousand years. He did not. Okay, good. He's not the the Rasputin of this tale. Now, we'll simplify and call that tribe the uh, Drevlians or Drevlians, something like that. Just know Super that I simple. kind of care that I'm getting it Super wrong. Super simple. Let's simplify Slavic tribe to a word I can't pronounce. Olga took over Kievan Rus as a regent since her son was like two years old at the time. Now, this meant that Olga was now in charge of the Drivlians, you know, uh, the tribe that had killed her husband. So not wanting a female ruler, that tribe sent her a group of 20 men to convince her to marry their Prince Mal, making him the ruler, which is a bold move after you murder someone's husband. Pretty ballsy. That would be like if James Earl Ray had a weird, like, cousin and then 
Coretta Scott King had to marry. This metaphor got off the rails. I don't know. I this, lost it. This is reminiscent, though, of a time when uh, uh, men thought that women were uh, giant rocks that were easy to convince of things. Kind of yes. similar. Kind of similar to 1950. Very uh, and and um roughly eight months ago. Depending on which president you ask, Olga. Still harboring some mixed feelings about her husband's death, had the 20 suitors carried by her servants to the courtyard of the castle. Uh, there, the suitors were dumped into a giant hole and buried alive. Yeah! All right, Olga, I, I respect the game. My question here is, you know, as the researcher for all of you to ponder, uh, why did she have a giant hole laying around, or did she just sit them down and then, like, they dug the hole while they watched? Well, I was about to say, I feel like you make them dig the hole and then you bury them in it. I feel mm. like that's a good use of everyone's time. Mm. Uh, a Nevada desert gangster trick. I like it. I like it. Very similar. Yes, very, very, I imagine that's how New Vegas started. Merci. She sent word back to the uh, Drevelian tribe that she had accepted Prince Mal's request. Okay. <laughs> that's an interesting... <laughs> she sent word back with whom? Because the whole contingent <laughs> didn't come back. A, uh, uh, there was a catch, though. You know, in order to marry Prince Mal, she needed the wisest governors of the Drevelians to visit her city as a token of good faith. Now, after the guests arrived, she offered Are them... none of them questioning where the part <laughs> other party went? After the guests arrived, uh, she offered them a refreshing afternoon in the bathhouse to make themselves presentable. Uh, the doors were barred shut and the bathhouse was burned to the ground. Oh my god! This girl has gone, like, full Red Wedding on the situation. I love it! She's very much a Cersei character. Um, I'm very happy with all of this. After the, you know, unlike Game of Thrones, I'm very happy with this Cersei character. After the memorial to the people who died in the bathhouse, uh, a party <laughs> was held. <laughs> and Wait, who held the, all right, who held the memorial? Did well, Olga hold a memorial for the people she just lit on fire? Olga held a memorial for the the best members of the Dravelian tribe, um, who, which which she she branded as an accident. She was like, Dravelians, I am sorry. <laughs> All of your wisest governors have died you in a bathhouse fire. Of Forty people. All of them are dead. Now, <laughs> now that being said, she said, "Would you guys like to come attend the memorial service?" <laughs> Now, after the memorial service to everyone who died in the bathhouse, a party was held. Um, and the guests were like, hey, this ground is weirdly soft. Is there something buried here? <laughs> no, they didn't ask. They all got drunk, um, and then Olga's royal guard proceeded to kill all 5,000 attendees. <laughs> Good fucking Christ! What the hell? Oh, and when the Drevelians asked uh, for forgiveness, Olga finally relented. You know, like, revenge is probably yours after the uh, uh, 40 plus 5,000 people you've killed. I'm sorry, at, th at this point, fool me once, get buried alive. <laughs> fool me twice, get burned alive in a goddamn bathhouse. Fool me three, how? How? Fool me three times, how bad? do you still have a tribe? <laughs> How? How did you manage to assassinate this king in the first place? You Again, the James Earl Ray metaphor is, ma is apt, because these are the dumbest goddamn assassins I've ever seen. No one should be allowed to get murdered that easily, that many times. <sighs> Revenge was finally Olga's. That is, until she wanted just a little bit more. So, there's... <laughs> You know, it's like a, it's like a gateway drug. 
You know, you kill you kill uh, 20 suitors, suddenly you're killing all of the governors, then you're killing 5,000 funeral guests. Uh, now, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. Now, the escalation here has been crazy, too. So if we just go by, like, the, the her <laughs> progression, she went with, like, five people, then she killed, like, 20 people, then she killed 5,000 people. She's going to commit full-on genocide here next. That's the next, that's the only logical progression for her to feel anything anymore. There... She cannot feel if she's not <laughs> annihilating a bloodline. She needs a bigger hit. Now, there's a lot of rumor and myth about this next part, uh, but the essential fact is that Olga and her army set fire to the entire Drevlian city at nightfall. And those who fled... Is that an option? Why haven't? Why doesn't everyone just do that if you can do that? Is there an option to just burn all of it down? I feel like old-timey war would have been a lot easier if that was on the table. There's a lot of, like... Like I said, there's a lot of myth behind how that happened. The most pervay, or, or pervasive one is she said, Yes, I, I do accept your request for forgiveness. I forgive you. The catch is, y'all gotta send me three pigeons and three sparrows from each house. Um, and so every home in the Dreveling City sent her all of these birds. And then she tied, like, sulfurous wicks and burning coals no. to the bird legs and sent them home. And then when they arrived, the city burned. That's probably all bullshit. I'm going to go ahead and say that that one is like, uh, that one I would call <laughs> is, bullshit if Lex Luthor tried Is that Is a bi- biblical Rube Goldberg revenge? Yeah, like that is, the yeah. most, that is the most like a backwards asinine end around way to pull this off in the history of time. But the bottom line is she did set fire to the Dreveline City. Those who fled were either butchered as they escaped or were conscripted as slaves for her army. Now, Olga of Kiev, despite basically committing genocide, uh, is a saint of the Eastern Orthodox Church. Well, kind of in her defense. I mean, shit. Yeah. I mean, you, you commit genocide against other people and you end up on the $20 bill. Hi, I see you there, Andrew goddamn Jackson. How you doing? Uh, her piety and devotion to Christianity was unparalleled in the region, uh, and could even be considered the first real effort to spread Jesus to the Eastern Slavs, which is why, uh, she is a saint. I just do not get how you kill upwards of, like, let's be reasonable, about 15,000 people, and, uh, yeah, you become a saint. So... I think you are vastly... I feel like there are popes that killed that many people, and they're popes. (laughs) Like, like, not even cool. Like, I, there's, there's some, there's some effed up saint. Like, I, you heard I, it I, here, folks. F- Let's find out what's kicking around in Pope Benedict's closet. Oh no! Oh, Benedict. No, which one is he? The new? He's the no. He's the he one was the one right that. Now, right? No, no, no. Francis no, is the guy he's right the now. the last one. That's Benedict right. yeah, is no, the man no. who looked like Palpatine and was elected oh, pope. Oh yeah. Don't, what? what, what the guy was like an, an openly it was in the Nazi youth. I feel like we didn't have to dig too deep to find the skeletons in his closet. His best friends were pedophiles. He might as well have been Dick Cheney as a like just in disguise. Like you see Cheney kicking around on 9/11. Not even that disguise. Then, they kind of had a similar look. <laughs> they were basically the same man. They were both from the same failed experiment to uh, produce Satan. So you know by <laughs> they lab. Both look like- they both look like just like bat, like someone watched The Simpsons and wanted to make a bat. Like, we're, all right, we're gonna put a cloning vat together. We're gonna make Mr. Burns. Here we go. <laughs> and they just kept getting it ro- kind of wrong in different fun, <laughs> wacky ways. Just, just every time a little bit of cat piss got into the vial and it just, it just threw well, it all with off. Dick, with Dick, it was like that maniacal, like 
like like I don't know so the weird version of sociopath. With Benedict, it was just like he he got mixed up in some weird. Like he was sitting on like a Prada throne. He liked his he, he was he was a little on the mm, side. He liked the robes a little too much. Like he was very very much the fashion pope. And I feel like he doesn't get enough appreciation for that. As usual, I want to thank Driftless Pony Club for allowing us to use their song "There Were Buffalo on the Ark" off the album "Cholera" as our theme song. Uh, also, I want to drop a thanks to my buddy Andy, who has given us uh, quite a handful of suggestions, uh, which I will definitely be using. Emperor Norton was his suggestion, and I cannot thank him enough for giving us the new mascot of this podcast. Andy, oh my God, you are my new—you are my new patron saint of awesome because you have given me the man that I am now going to uh, pattern my life after for for everything else. I have a new spirit animal. And his and, name is Emperor Norton. And in the interest of fairness, I also need to give an equal thanks to uh, my life partner, the apple to my eye. Wind uh, beneath your wings? The wind beneath my wings. Brittany, uh, for giving us the Sugar other mama. bulk of this. Yeah, soon to be. Uh, bulk of this podcast. Please give me money. Bulk of this podcast. Brittany has given us so many of our great mad scientists all of yes. whom have made us want to cry by the end. So, so here's the difference. Andy brought us the most joyous human being I've ever heard about in the history of time. Brittany has taken me down a path of sadness that has abused me and made me cry at night. Uh, Andy, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm slotting you slightly ahead of my sister-in-law at this point. So good work. Good work. Uh, we will catch you guys next week. Leave a goddamn review. I'm just getting malicious God about it at this no, point. No, we're past it now. Do it. God damn it, do it. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Call my name and make a wish and take a rest because it's the best thing to leave your lips. It's not your best. I'm not